0: Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Uh, Thank you for joining us today on episode number 32 of Hashtag BKOT. And today we have an awesome guest with us. Uh, We have Mr. David Cristello, who is the CEO and founder of Jetpack Workflow. And what we want to discuss is uh, regaining sanity through simple workflow tweaks, but also change management remote working tips and and, uh, and we'll go from there. So thanks for taking time out. I know we have the extension going on with the uh, season, um, but let's go ahead and get started. So David, thank you for joining us today. Who is David? Tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, well, Chris, thanks for having me. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is David Christello. I'm the founder and CEO of a software company called Jetpack Workflow. And our reason for being is to help uh, accounting, bookkeeping and payroll firms make sure they get all their client work done on time. Uh, So we have a software platform that helps you manage all your recurring deadlines and due dates so uh, things don't fall through the cracks. And so if you have something you need done and you do it more than once, uh, our preference is to standardize it, automate the recurrence of it because there's so much recurring work, uh, and then give you a simple way to track it uh, in our platform. Uh, In addition to that, we also host the Growing Your Firm podcast. So we're just big fans of the community, big fans of getting great knowledge out into the ecosystem, and uh, overall just excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So how did, um, uh, are you a CPA yourself? How did you get Jetpack off the ground? And uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that backstory? Yes, absolutely. So
1: I am not uh, trained as a CPA or an accountant, but, uh, and, and this really, I think gets into the heart of, of kind of a lot of what we do at Jetpack Workflow is uh, we go out and we search for painful, tedious, time-consuming problems out in the lives of accounting firm owners, of business owners. Um, And so, you know, we ended up uh, probably similar to maybe some of uh, the accounting firms listening, interviewing a lot of potential uh, customers or clients Mm -hmm. and found that one of the things that was blocking them from really obtaining their goals as a firm owner, whether it's, you know, buying a firm, selling their firm, taking a real vacation was something that everybody kept saying was checklist management. And I'm sitting here and I kept hearing checklist management, checklist management. This was in 2014, 2015. And I was like, goodness, there are so many checklist tools, right? There's probably 10,000 more checklist tools instead. But there were so many in 2015, 2014, and they were wonderful. There's all these great generic task management tools like Asana, like a, like a Basecamp. And I said to the community I was talking with, all these uh, wonderful accounting promoters, look, here's Asana, here's Basecamp. These are wonderful, great, sophisticated, complex tools you can use. They said, oh, this looks great. I just have one question. Where's the client profile? Well, they're not really built to have a client profile, right, they're (laughs) kind of task management. And they, they said, are you kidding me? We're in accounting firm, everything's about our clients. I said, okay, well, what about all these, you know, industry tools? Like they're great, you know, they've been around forever. And they said, well, we tried them, we didn't adopt it. We tried one, not cloud based. We tried it, it's not collaborative enough. We tried it, it's not simple enough. And so kind of from there we we built um the first version of Jetpack Workflow, uh just really trying to be focused on the accounting firm uh needs. And so um, you know, out of that journey of interviewing, started the software. And we kind of just extended that journey of interviewing and that's what led to the podcast. Is uh, you know, we're not the experts, we're here to understand what's going really well in the community. And uh, put that into simple software or surface best practices on our, on our podcast.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and the fact that, uh, you're absolutely right. When, and when, when I'm working with clients and this, the first thing they ask is, uh, you know, can, can my associate like kind of help me with my workflow, my processes and uh checklist. And, and it's like, they're trying to put you know, piece this all together And so what would you recommend, you know, a a firm that's transitioning into maybe a fully virtual environment, but partially virtual environment? um, What are some things that they need to do with their workflow right off the bat?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to preface all these recommendations with the fact that if you're like so many firms, at least hybrid, you know, so many are now saying we are virtual, but let's say you're adopting a, a hybrid model, you are going to open your office again, and uh, some people are going to work from home. Some people are going to come in. To me, what that means is you're remote first. You, you are now default to online. You now default to remote. And so as a preface for all these recommendations, and if you find yourself in a hybrid model, that means wherever you store information has to be accessible anywhere, right? So that, that is the new d- If your previous default was putting something on a whiteboard, having a live meeting and not taking notes, not sending those recaps, not recording things, That has now shifted, to me, that's the only way to make the hybrid model successful is to say we're remote first, we're gonna take advantage of maybe the relationship factor of having brick and mortar, but everything gets stored virtually, everything's documented virtually. So that's my preface to to workflow and moving into the new environment. Uh, One of my favorite things uh, to to, to recommend uh, as you're moving to this environment, uh, first step is if, if it's in your head, it's nowhere. <laughs> if it's in a whiteboard, it's nowhere. Uh, if it's in a spreadsheet nobody looks at, it's nowhere. And so you need to get all the steps out of your head into a public form that everybody can view. So that's, that's really step one. Everything else I can recommend outside of that is not going to take hold unless you feel like you and the team you have, whether it's your full-time team, your offshore team, are not all running from the same playbook. And this is pretty hard early on because, you know, we see with a lot of firm owners, it is so documented in their DNA, how to perform these activities. And maybe they even went down the path of writing down a checklist in the past, but they know what to do. So they never looked at it. And then they hired a team member and they kind of don't know what to do. And so they never looked at it. And you're kind of are already building the wrong nervous system in the firm. You're going to have to go back and clear out some of that debt and and redocument your steps and re-educate your team on these steps. So, you know, kind of step number one on workflow tweaks, uh, and we have a couple that we're gonna go through, is brush off the dust if you have a checklist you haven't looked at in a while. And if you haven't even created one, uh, we have you know 32 free ones on our on our website, or you could just open up a whiteboard and jot it down, open up a notepad on your computer, just jot down the basic four to six steps, because that's the average amount of steps we see in our tool, four to six steps to complete the most valuable frequent services you deliver in your firm and share it with your team and say, Hey, this is what I thought as a draft. What am I missing? What is confusing? Get them involved in the process. We'll get everything out of your head. If you have a team, if you're fortunate enough to have a team, get them into the process, ask them for feedback, ask them what's missing. That's really just kind of foundational step number one.
0: Yeah, no, that, that makes sense because uh, especially, when firms are making some type of transition, they they don't know like are we still a brick and mortar? Are we virtual? And so you got to think of it in that virtual remote mindset first, and then kind of build from there. And but a lot of times I see that um, they're just kind of piecemealing this together and going along the way. And when when you when you have change coming in. There needs to be whether you're five person firm, one person firm, or you know, 300 person firm. Uh, there has to be buy-in at the top, and everything needs to have um, uh, the the uh, the leaders, the owners, all need to be all on the same page. Because if you're starting to bring in uh, new staff and onshore, offshore, wherever it may be, and this is not in place, this is going to be a real mess. And so when you're uh, implementing this and this whole change management process here, uh, talk to me about some of your thoughts on, on, on how to officially get this in place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, great question, because what happens is the trap is, if you don't think about this, uh, the firm owner, the firm partner, the firm leader gets really excited. They do all the work and then nobody follows, right? They, uh, really excited. Hey, I got a new process. I got a new checklist. It's in this mm-hmm. new tool. And everyone's like, oh, Frank's new tool week, huh? Right? And they might have experienced this before. So I think it's yeah. important to explain, you know, it's, for the next evolution of our firm, of where we're going to be for the impact to our clients, the impacts to our community, the impact to each other and what, how we perform, we are going to start building out our playbook, our DNA as a firm. And I want you all to be a part of this journey. So you need to explain to them why you're doing this and involve them into the process and say, look, we're going to start... Uh, you know, step one, we're going to brush off the dust of maybe checklists we haven't looked at in a while. Uh, I'll do the first draft review, and then I want feedback from everybody on what's missing. Maybe we'll do a virtual Zoom, maybe we'll do an in-office lunch, whatever it is. Get your team involved in, in co-creating this process of cleaning it up, of giving you feedback. And then I would say when you're ready to take that process and put it into a software like Jetpack Workflow or whatever software, find your champion and this the good news for firm owners is you don't have to be the champion and in most cases you shouldn't be the champion right if you have that admin person that operations person that tech savvy accountant that you've hired and they're really jazzed up about this new tool or platform let them run with it let them become the in-house expert on the platform on the tool and let them be the go-to person. We've seen this time and time again. You know, We've gone through thousands of firms, and we look at our successful adoptions and successful setup. It's about that person who has that drive, who has that fire to really lead the change. Uh, and again, I highly recommend it not be the firm owner, because what happens? Client calls up, big deal comes in, partnership comes in, uh, team member gives you two weeks notice, then all of a sudden the project's put on hold. So you got to Think about this as what happens once a fire comes up uh, because before you set up systems and processes, nine times out of 10, as a firm owner, you're in firefighter mode. And that's what makes adoption and setting a new tool so hard, so hard is because you're putting out fires left and right, it feels like. Um, that's in addition to being in a pandemic, that's in addition to tax season changing a million times, the doesn't mind changing a million times. So... If you're fortunate enough to have somebody in place that you can kind of uh, ignite them as the champion, I would say do so. If you're back against the wall and it's really only you, then I would say, start simple, start small, look for the quick wins, right? Don't, you don't need to build the whole platform, the whole system today. Just get things out of your head and a transparent system. Everybody could look at.
0: Yeah, no, you're spot on. And I feel that in, in working with clients myself, they, they have problems delegating, right? They just, you need you need to do that. And working together as a team, collaborating on this, it's, it's the way to go. And then when somebody kind of takes that lead, they're appointed. And then you meet again, right? Virtual or in-house, and you discuss how you're gonna implement this and and, and then continually communicating and everything that everyone's on the same page and things start going smoothly. So when the delegation doesn't happen, it's all on one person, everyone's waiting and and that can create a lot of tension especially if you're trying to um, staff up for for season and, and bring in new folks um, yeah so- and just
1: just just on delegation Chris because I think it's such a different yeah, sure. one for for regaining sanity <laughs> um, and, and, and you know for firms that maybe have tried to delegate maybe maybe they feel like they're they there's still too much on their plate there's there's two concepts I really want to get across the first one is what will really help um, is the, the first one I like to call, you'll know, start when ready. So make it an institutional rule that you're not gonna start an engagement or a project or a job or whatever you call it, until you have all the required materials to complete that job. Because I think one of the most frustrating things that happens sometimes when you delegate is somebody will start something, they're halfway through, they're missing something from a client, they go on the client chase, they can't get a hold of the client, they loop you in, then you're doing firefighting with the client, And so the question is, why did you start in the first place if you don't have everything from a client, right? And so you could set up this kind of pre-start checklist. Unless we have these six materials and we know we have these six materials from the client, we're not going to begin this engagement. We'll communicate this to the client. We'll communicate it to the team member. And I'll know this. And it's just that kind of quality check that you put into a workflow process that gives you that trust factor that, you know, this team member is going to have all the resources they need to complete that job. So start when ready really, really helps with kind of the handoff between team members. Uh, the other thing I'll say is, you know, whatever tool you're using, use it. All right. And so what I mean by that is if it has, and, and almost every tool does, you know, kind of collaboration built into your project management or workflow system, you know, they have these at mentions where you can talk back and forth. You see it in almost every tool. I'm a huge fan of if it's not, if the conversation is not in the tool, it didn't happen because. What happens is if you delegate and you don't institute a rule like, look, if it's not in Jetpack, it didn't happen, right? If it's not in Salesforce, it didn't happen. Uh, then you're scrambling to get these messages. And as a firm owner, the reason you're probably not delegating is because you have a certain kind of trust or anxiety about letting that go. But if all the communication in that tool, if anything ever goes wrong, you could open up the tool. Maybe you miss a deadline. Well, the question should be in the tool, right? You should have asked me the question in the tool. I'm stuck. I need help. If you contact the client, that should be in the tool. If you're looking for more information and you're asked to peer, that should be a tool. So as a firm owner, if things are going well, you should be able to retrace the steps because everything's in the tool. All the notes are there. And if it's not going well, which is kind of everybody's fear, it's in the tool. And good news is for most tools, if it's in the tool, you could probably catch it before you miss the deadline. You could catch it before it becomes a fire, right? So. That's a really important component of delegation.
0: Yeah, no. And when it's uh, the owners, partners are working too much in the business and they need to be working on the business. I I mean, I've read anywhere 65, 75% is client interaction and and correspondence. And if there's a a point of lead or another contact there and everything is recorded, like you were saying, anyone can take on that task and, and be able to manage for, you know, the the client who is what we're all working for. Um, So it's a a necessity. And then even when you're working with a a new staff member, they could easily start seeing this and they could even pick up things, whether they're um, uh, in the office, whether they're onshore, whether they're offshore too. And so it just makes everything simple. Sometimes just uh, the simplest things, just uh, less is more per se. And uh, as you as a global company as well, uh, how? When did you start? Did you started in the states and you started expanding from there? So, um, have you? What are your thoughts with, about offshore staffing and working with offshore staff as you've grown globally?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a trend that's obviously only going to continue, and I think I think um, you know uh, COVID and the pandemic is just going to accelerate that. I mean it's already moving in that direction. I mean right. clearly the move to virtual only expedites that that move. I think as you know, the network and Wi-Fi of various economies improve, as the education of various economies improve, we're going to continue to see more and more of this. And so um, you know, it's certainly something, uh, I mean, certainly you know, our core team is here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Not every person who works at Jetpack Workflow is based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right? We have great people in the UK. We have great people in Brazil. Um, and you can really find amazing talent Uh, in in many, many places, right? And so I think if you have the right, you know, mindset, you have quality controls, you have checks, things are standardized, you have great communication, uh, you could really kind of build out your capacity in in many different ways. And we've seen this on on the accounting firm front. I mean, we've done a number of interviews uh, for firms that, you know, really hit the limits of their capacity and decide that they want to, um, you know, try offshoring. And Uh, in the majority of cases, they've had a really great experience. Um, You know, I think it's just, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, kind of got a bad rap, you know, for kind of quality (laughs) and communication. And some of that was probably deserved. And I think now the industry has matured, and I think there's great protocol and processes, both for security around what they can access and not access, and then just overall, you know, quality of work as well. So I I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and it's only going to grow.
0: Yeah. And, and as we continue in this type of environment, there's going to be um, uh, p- persons and, and, and leaders that need to be in place to continue this change management that's going on. And so when, when you're working with a, with a firm, can you tell me a little bit about kind of some pointers of, uh, to, to have a firm owner kind of implement this into their, into their um, day-to-day operations?
1: You mean workflow specifically or or delegation and collaboration or?
0: The the whole collaboration part, because as like we said, as you've gone um, globally, and as you've grown and you have different offices, right? How, what can you recommend to firm owners about, you know, how they could expand, not just in their city, how they could expand nationally for clients as well as their staff?
1: Oh, yeah. So this this is one of the biggest opportunities, I think, of being, you know, whether you're hybrid or virtual 100%. Right. Is it opens up? It opens up your client acquisition tremendously. Um, right. You can now, uh, and you could really focus on niching down. Right? We've seen this a million times. The niches are, or riches are in niches, and whether it's dental practices or design firms or creatives or SaaS businesses or Shopify e-commerce stores, there's so much power to niching down. And you know, you you can only really niche down successfully, uh, at least from an industry, industry perspective. If you move virtual and if you have a handle on what to do daily to, to, to manage all these moving pieces. And so uh, we're 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 fans of whether it's uh, live on a Zoom call or in person or asynchronously through a written update It's just day to day. You know, what did you do yesterday? What's on your plate for today? And where are you stuck? Right. It's just a really quick, you know, everybody knows it as, as the huddle, huddle and yeah. Uh, yeah, the classic huddle you know, we see a lot of firms do this daily. I would say if you're not doing this daily, um, don't worry, the the firm's not going to go under. We've also seen uh, (laughs) it happen weekly, right? It's either weekly or daily. I've never met a successful firm that just says, hey, we're just, we just don't do this. We don't do check-ins. The weekly one is typically Monday. You're typically, you know, all coming together for 15, 20 minutes, seeing the workload for the week, seeing what was stuck from last week. Um, If somebody has learned something interesting about a client or about an industry that might share mm-hmm. it there if somebody's stuck on a client issue they might they might talk about it in that meeting and it's a great knowledge share
0: mm-hmm. and uh
1: perhaps you know selfishly one of my favorite tactics uh somebody mentioned to me recently is they open up jetpack workflow they look at the list and if and if there's some things that haven't been cleaned up or updated they put on the jeopardy clock they run it for five minutes and say now it's time to see how much jetpack we can clean up right because we know humans are humans are humans not every due date is gonna be, you know, updated the way it need be or the notes updated. And so I think early on with the change management process, whether it's a jetpack or it's a different tool or different platform, you can actually infuse that into your weekly meeting. I just put a little five minute, let's open up the tool, let's clean it up, five minutes, let me debrief about a new feature in here or something like that. But I think those, those touch points, again, I mentioned them as a lot as live. You could do it written as well. In Microsoft Teams or Slack, Google Docs or wherever, it's really important to just uh, certainly with a virtual team keep everybody on the same page.
0: Yeah, and I, I and I think in the aspect of meetings, I mean you have to you have to prepare for one, but they're very important. to Keep everyone on the same page, and I I know it's hard especially right now to do one-on-ones, but you have to at least do a group meeting to keep everyone on the same page. And if you can't do daily, at least weekly. And so I totally agree with that because things are gonna get lost in translation. People are gonna get frustrated and they, they, they feel comfortable seeing their colleagues on, on, on uh, Zoom, Slack, team, Skype, and being able to um, have that floor and create the open environment to express whatever's on their mind or, or some ideas or something they came across. And so I'm a big proponent of having these types of meetings, especially if you're going to scale and grow uh, onshore and offshore to be able to do this, because otherwise no one's going to know what's going on. And, and, and it's just very important. And just for you lose that whole um, uh, in, in the office, the whole, you can't just pull everybody together. It's hard. So you need to be consistent in doing these meetings. So I, I completely agree. And you made um, such a good
1: point. You have to prepare for them. Yeah, After, you know if you're leading them you got to put the deck together and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It could be three or four slides of the same questions every week or the same you know five bullet points every week and then you know I you, 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 you whether it's coaching or your team members just kind of know this in advance, they should come ready to talk about whatever they need to talk about what they completed last week where they're stuck, the client issue you know and, and that's part of you reinforcing that aspect for your team. So maybe end of week on a Friday, they should jot up their notes of what they're going to say Monday, you know, something like that you could put into place too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're, we're winding down now um, and really appreciate you taking time to do this with me today. So as we wind down, any final thoughts or any other um, um, items you want to speak about before we uh, sign off here?
1: So the final thing I'll say, the final tip or tactic that I'll mention in this journey of Regaining sanity through workflow is, you know, one of the biggest um, footfalls we'll call them or backwards steps you could make as you're in this journey. And it's so innocent, and you feel you feel so great when you do it. Is let's say you're the firm owner, the firm partner, and you have a team member, and they're stuck, and they they come to you and they ask you a question, or they Slack you a question, and the Microsoft Teams you a question, and you answer it. And, ah, I got to help them, and it's great. You feel really good about it, right? And that's it seems so innocent. Takeaway here is. Stop answering those questions and put them into a system, right? Because every time you answer that question from your team, okay. you're reinforcing the groove that you're the person to come to, to get the answer. And mm-hmm. that's not going to scale. And right. it's going to severely uh, restrict your ability to take time off, uh, okay. to exit the firm, sell the firm, buy, even buy a new firm, whatever you want to do. And so if somebody comes to you with a client question, right, open up wherever that information should live. If it's in a spreadsheet, if it's in a workflow tool, if it's in a practice management tool, say, great, let's double check that first. Like, we can double check it together, make sure it's there. And you need to build a culture and a nervous system where people are looking at the source of record first before Mm -hmm. they come to you. Now, look, again, people are people. You're going to have team members that come to you. Maybe it's a new staff member and they have a question. Point them to it. Go to the password vault. Did you look at the Google Doc, right? And let's update the Google Doc if I miss something, like that's okay. It's not It's not a way to penalize somebody for not looking at the source of record or the practice management tool or the workflow tool, but you need to remember, always point back to the source of record and build that culture of people looking there first and documenting it there first. And that is gonna give you uh, a huge amount of sanity at scale as you continue to kind of reinforce that behavior. So that's what I'll leave everybody with.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because yeah, if you're that go-to person, and you don't ever, you know, deviate away from that. It's just going to continue and you bring in new people. It's just going, they're going to keep going to you and you're going to be uh, never and it working feels great. on your business. It, it does. Yeah, been. It, it does. feels
1: great to answer the question about, though. That's the of part. The
0: business. Yeah. No, that, that was awesome. Well said, David. Thank you so much. Um, so for now, everybody, uh, thanks for joining in today. We'll be back soon. Actually, tomorrow at the same time. And uh, David... Thank you again for your time today and look forward to working with you in the future. Take care.
1: Thanks so much.